With the Georgia runoff elections over and the 2020 presidential election in the rearview mirror, it may be the time now to consider whether traditional polling methods have recovered from the epic failures of 2016. And while some progress was made, it's clear that the era of traditional polling is somewhat coming to a close. While invisibly, it's a startup disrupting the way personal data is aggregated and ethically used, it conducted real-time research polls across the web and came closest out of all polling sources to accurately detecting Trump's following, yet still predicting Biden's victory. To speak more to this, please to welcome to the show Don. Vaughn. He's an analyst and Invisibly's head of product. Don, thanks so much for the time. Jeff, thanks for having me here. So I guess I'll just start by kind of looking back to, to, you know, 2016 and what we've seen since then is sort of people's skepticism around polling. Why do you think there has been so much of a shift and why there has been so much inaccuracies portrayed in polling in recent years? Yeah, I don't know how many people are familiar with how polling is run, but we're the quick answer is that we're using really old technology that just doesn't work for the new technological age. A lot of polls are still done by phone. People will call you up on a landline. In the United States, we have regulations about how uh, robocalling can be done with mobile phones. But what you end up doing is uh, polling companies will call landlines, get 800 to 1,000 people, and then pop out a prediction. And if you're sitting there, you know, and the listeners are thinking, wait, you call my landline? Like, not, I don't even have a landline. And that's exactly what it is. A lot, there's a, a massive bias that you get when you call people that only have um, landlines. Or for those that do call people with mobile phones, um, I don't pick up random numbers. I, I get so many robocalls, I wouldn't dare. So you're, the people who pick up those phones, are, uh, uh, they don't represent everybody in the United States or everybody even in any other country and how polling is done there. So... Really, it's like we're in the era of the 1970s trying to use that technology to predict what's happening in a fast-moving world with, um, that is digital now, and so it's, it's outdated. And what you get is huge errors. So I think everyone's right not to trust the polls. Who would, I think CNN put out a poll that was 17 points had Biden up, and it wasn't even close to that. So why would I listen to that? Yeah, and I think one of the other problems with polling, too, and you can kind of get into some details here, is around the questioning. And when you're talking to people on the phone in real time, there might be some skepticism to give their true opinions to someone, right? If they are not uh, sort of following the norms and maybe are a little bit more radical, they're not necessarily going to voice exactly how they believe to someone on the phone. I think you're spot on. Um, you know, imagine, you know, for all the listeners out there, someone, someone calls you up and says, well, who are you going to vote for right now? You're like, well, who, who are you? Why are you calling me? What are you going to do with my information? Is this going to be linked with me? And I think people are rightfully skeptical of, of random, you know, it's weird to have a stranger call you and then ask your very personal opinion. And I've, I've seen the voter registration data. People do aggregate your data. They keep track of who you voted for, what your name is. They infer your ethnicity based on your name. They track your age. Um, so that answer is linked to you. And, and I think when it's highly divisive um, candidates, Trump obviously being extraordinarily divisive, I think there's people who are either on the fence um, or slightly leaning towards Trump are hesitant to share their opinions more so than Biden, because um, whether, you know, we can debate whether or not there's different consequences based on who you vote for, although clearly people are, you know, people are receiving blowback based on who they support. Um, you can look at data that just really what matters is how people feel. So Cato Institute and Pew Research put out uh, studies that showed that Republicans just feel less secure than liberals in sharing their opinions right now. So mm -hmm. stranger calls you, the data is linked to you, and then they ask you who you're going to vote for, 
I think you're going to you're going to get a bias because people are not going to volunteer that they're supporting Trump. All right, Don. So, you know, obviously the traditional method of, of surveying is not something that's really keeping up right with with modern technology, uh, the lack of, of uh, availability to call a cell phone or people unwilling to answer their cell phone from a robocall. That kind of thing obviously is one area of concern when it comes to polling. The ability for those who are actually answering those to truthfully answer the questions, another area of concern. So what is Invisibly doing yeah. to try to, you know, m- be more accurate and make sure it's getting an accurate portrayal of what's actually going on? Yes, uh, it's, that's a great question. So uh, our company was founded by Jim McKelvey. He co-founded Square with Jack Dorsey, uh, who, who, who co-founded Twitter. And so what his vision has been is to just remove barriers between people and uh, people on the internet, remove barriers of being tracked and um, not having the ability to just express one's true opinion uh, and have that be anonymous if you want it to be. So it's really empowering people out there. And so the way that we do that is we simply ask people questions online. We ask them, uh, if you're reading a webpage, uh, a question might pop up that says, who are you supporting? And what that creates is um, some psychological distance and some anonymity that you're answering a, a survey question online. And we find that people are just more likely to respond truthfully because our predictions when it came to asking people about presidential polling, we were able to predict here in the States the Electoral College uh, final result, which is how it works here in the States, within four votes. So we predicted 228, and it came out at 232 for Trump. Um, A lot of the other aggregators had much, much lower predictions um, because of that bias I'm suggesting. So it's, it's moving from, you know, the 70s technology of being in the phone age to the digital age where everybody's online, people can be reached, people can be far more anonymous and so that is how we were able to do it is just to to take that and make it digital so how do you actually target people because i know like i'm just thinking from you know my experiences online or if something just like pops up if there's a pop-up if you will or or just like an advertisement on a on a news article i'm reading or something i'm probably not going to click on it so how did you um you know add invisibly how were you able to convince people to take part yeah Great question. We uh, we don't convince people. So what we it's not it's not um, mandatory. You don't have to answer a question to read the article. It's like you you know sometimes mm-hmm. surveys block you from reading it. it says ah, I bought these razors. Google does that. It, it bothers the hell. I mean I just lie because I don't want them to know right. what I'm doing. Um, so these are just uh, as you're reading, it'll pop up. Uh, it doesn't pop up. Sorry. It just uh, as you're reading, it sits there in the article, and you can decide to click on it or not. It's completely voluntary. And while, you know, many people don't answer that, uh, many people do answer that. We actually get, um, we get a much, much larger scale than some of the other polls. Uh, so when you might see 800 or 1,000 people trying to predict, the, that's what goes into these samples that predict the election, we have 65,000. So you, because you're using the Internet and we don't do any targeting, we just send it out to anybody who wants to respond. Um, I think there's, you know, honestly, I think the secret sauce there a little bit is that there's something about people who actually want to actively engage and say their opinion about who they're going to vote for that my hypothesis is that that also tends to reflect who's likely to go out and vote or to fill out that ballot and mail it. Um, so rather than just be somebody who passively responds, they're going to take action. So, you know, you talk about how you're, you're getting these more accurate depictions of, of how people are feeling and how votes are going to be going. You know, there is still obviously a lot of skepticism out there about looking at polls, especially when you go back to 2016, right, in the presidential election, yeah. how wrong things were there. It's obviously difficult to look at a poll and trust the numbers. How are you going to maybe convince people that, you know, invisibly is doing the right 
methods here is is taking part in the right way to be able to accurately predict what's going on and and kind of shift that trust in polls. I imagine that's something that's probably difficult to repair and and is probably going to take a number of of accurate depictions moving forward before people start to look at invisibly and say, okay, these guys are doing it right. Yeah, that's the right question. Um, There's only one answer, which is you just have to be right over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only, that's how, you know, my background, my training is in science. And the only way we believe something is when people can show it over and over again. You know, if you drop a pen from the middle of the air, it will fall. We're clear how gravity works. Same kind of idea here. You just got to show that you can predict better than uh, the other players in the game. But what's interesting about that is it's, there's a little bit of a chicken egg thing here, which is um, people are skeptical. So I was, you know, I've been battling basically with the Washington Post to get them to uh, accept and list our poll. And despite the fact that it was more accurate, as far as I can tell, it was the single most accurate poll uh, done in the United States, again, predicting within four electoral college votes. But it's not done according to the quote-unquote gold standard of what happens in polling right now, which is to do the rigorous debiasing and targeting and uh, phone calls, um, whether they're done by a robot or a human. Uh, some stuff is done online, but there's, they have their methodology, and, and we're sort of in the spot where their method, the, the methodology that's out there has failed miserably two big elections in a row in the United States. And so I, I just, uh, you know, it's, it, this is the problem with institutions is sometimes they're there to protect us and sometimes they just keep bad ideas going. And, and I think this uh, is really important just to kind of um, reiterate here, and you talked a little bit about it earlier, but just the, the privacy that comes with the way that you're doing things. You mentioned how a lot of pollsters out there, they'll keep that data, right, and they'll connect how you voted and, and put that information into a bank, and they'll have sort of some idea of, of where you stand politically, and, and it's stored, right, and they keep that information. You guys don't do that. That's exactly right, which is we actually do one better than that, which is we keep your the response on the back end, only so that if you want to show up one day and you want to claim your data and we actually are building a platform that's bigger than polling that actually allows you to use your data to make money off it or to personalize the internet to yourself, then you can do it. But it doesn't get sold to anybody, doesn't get used uh, by anybody unless you want to do it yourself. I, I think, you know, this is sort of a tangent, but how this ties into the bigger vision is I just imagine an internet where all of your data, all the stuff you have on Facebook, and YouTube and your responses and surveys, what if that was all under your control to do whatever you wanted with it and you owned it, not Facebook? And that's kind of the the world that we're trying to push with this polling, which is you can be totally anonymous unless you want to own that data. So no no Cambridge Analytica stuff coming our way in the near future from from Invisibly anyway. Exactly (laughs) right. Exactly. I, I, I think that era, I mean, the social dilemma was a big hit here in the States. I'm not sure how much it propagated up into into Canada, but um, people are becoming aware that machines are tracking you mm-hmm. all the time. And when you get robocalls, they're tracking you too. Everybody wants data on you so they can figure you out and persuade you. And we, I think there's a whole new economy that's showing up right now. And Silicon Valley is really focusing on this, that that's just, it's not right. That's not the future. And people are going to want control over the massive amounts of stuff that they do online. They should own it. And so uh, I think people, privacy and consent and taking control is going to be what's happening in this next decade. 
Don, this is super interesting stuff. And, uh, you know, Invisibly wasn't something that was on my radar prior to this, but definitely a poll I'm going to be interested to kind of examine and see uh, just how accurate you guys are moving forward, given the successes you've had in, in recent elections. I imagine we'll only see that continue, and, and hopefully it helps change the way polling is done and, and people can start to trust it a little bit more. I know, uh, you know, as someone in the media, there's often a, a lot of looking at the polls and, and using that to try to predict what's going on and just how wrong things have been recently. It's it's difficult to sort of put any trust in that. So hopefully, uh, you know, Invisibly can help change that. And uh, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, anything else you want to add while I have you on the line? You know, I just, I, I think you nailed it, Jeff, which is you look at that stuff and you make your best predictions. I think it's even worse than that. I think it's that bad polling is bad for democracy because you have these polls and then the results show up different. And what's seated in people's head now is voter fraud and tampering. And when, when reality doesn't match your expectations by that much, it's just, it doesn't, it's not a world that we can live into. So I'm hoping that people will take this and uh, move forward with it and, and make a world that works a little bit better. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank Thanks you for so having much. Me on, Jeff. Yeah, appreciate the time, Don, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Back at you. There's Don Vaughn, analyst and Invisibly's head of product.